Hello Cryptonauts, today is September 25th, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk about the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. I am your host, Blockchain John. Alright Cryptonauts, first reminder, we do have a Discord channel available for Cryptocurrency Chat in which I will leave a link in the description below. If you want to collaborate on my podcast, you can reach out to me through that Discord app or through the Anchor app. With that said, let's get started with your top 10 daily stats, starting off with Bitcoin settling at $10,537.98 with a 0.6% loss. Second place, Ethereum settling at $346.34 with a 1.7% loss. Third place, Tether settling at $1 with a no gain, no loss. Fourth place, XRP Ripple settling at $0.23 cents with a 1.7% loss. Fifth place, Bitcoin Cash settling at $220.64 with a 2.5% loss. Sixth place, Binance Coin settling at $27.33 with a 1.2% loss. Seventh place, Polkadot settling at $4.10 with a 5% loss. Eighth place, Chainlink settling at $9.20 with a 3.9% loss. 10th place, Crypto.com Coin settling at $0.14 with a 1.6% loss. Alright, Cryptonauts, that is your top 10 daily stats. Your overall total market cap is at $340.5 billion with an overall 1% loss. Alright, let's get started with your crypto news of the day. Alright Cryptonauts, next reminder we are using Decrypt.co to get our daily news as well as CoinGecko.com to get our daily stats. Don't forget to collect your daily candies. With that said, first news coming in from Saryuwa Malwa. Barstool Sports President reveals how much cryptocurrency he owns. Dave Portnoy, the founder of sports blog Barstool Sports, revealed on a podcast yesterday the extent of his crypto holdings and termed the sector as a big Ponzi scheme. The multimillionaire enjoyed a pompous entrance in the crypto market in August, barely lasting a week before complaining the, vol- volatil- the volatility was too much to stomach. He then announced he had sold all his bitcoins, but did he hold on to a few fledging altcoins? Quote, I have nothing in crypto right now. The thing I miss the most is the memes, Portnoy told crypto investor Anthony Pompliano on the Pomp Podcast. Portnoy reaffirmed that at one point he held over $1 million worth of Bitcoin but eventually sold it all. It's just one big Ponzi scheme. You get in and you just have to not be the one left holding the bag, said Portnoy. It's no different from the stock market. Everyone's pumping their own coin. All right. Alrighty then, well, if that's what you say. Next news written by Daniel Phillips. Cryptocurrencies bounce back after last week's drop. Most cryptocurrencies are again in the green today and have recouped some of the losses seen earlier in the week following a sudden change in sentiment today. The total market capitalization of all cryptocurrencies slipped to a 30-day low of $325 billion yesterday but has since uh, rebounded back up to almost $343 billion at $18 billion overnight. Much of this growth can be attributed to gains in the altcoin market as of uh, as of the top 10 altcoins right now are strong in the green today. Chainlink is currently leading the pack having gained 60% in the last 24 hours reaching $9.56 where Ethereum and Polkadot are up more than 4% apiece while the altcoins market as a whole is up by 5.2% on the last day. Okay, next news written by Liam Frost. 
hacker saves $10 million in Ethereum from inevitable theft. A blockchain security, security researcher, White Hatter hacker known as Samson, Sam, Sam today published a de- detailed post-mortem of an under, undercover operation that resulted in the, result, in the rescue of 25,000 ETH worth over $9.6 million at the time. The funds were saved from a vulnerable Ethereum smart contract. On September 15th, Samson was looking through Ethereum smart contracts in search of vulnerabilities, like he often does. Eventually, he discovered what later turned out to be a part of the Lean Finance Protocol, a smart contract that contained over 25,000 ETH. Only these funds could have been taken by anyone. According to the post, the smart contract contained a burn function. Essentially, this allowed any user to mint themselves a lot of valueless tokens and exchange them for all the ETH stored on the contract. Getting away with a cash worth nearly $10 million for DeFi stake, Samsung decided to intervene. Awesome. He is the hero. That sounds pretty good. Well, let's go scroll on down. Let's see what else is on here. Let's see. Uh... When all preparations were complete, the White Hat, uh, the White Hat team finally c- c- commenced the rescue operations by working with a mining company. The transaction successfully evaded the bots. This is because the transactions were not sent to the mempool. They were directly placed in a block by the miners themselves. After adapting this transaction's creation script to feed the transactions directly to SparkPool's new endpoint, it was time. I hesitated for a moment, but this was absolutely our best effort. We might lose $9.6 million, but there would be no regrets, the post explained, adding the more or less 15 blocks it took before our transactions were included felt like hours, but finally we had our immaculate transaction mined in order not reverted. Now, what was left was for the Leon Finance team to exchange the SBT and LBT tokens for ETH using the burn function. A few moments after the financial transaction was executed, EtherScan reported its successful completion sweeping 25,000 ETH out of the out of harm's way. Thus, the Whitehead team escaped the dark forest and saved a small small fortune. Awesome. Good job, White Hatters. Next news, written by Will Heisman. IOHK United Nations offer $10,000 for sustainable blockchain projects. Cardano powerhouse IOHK has joined forces with the UN to offer a $10,000 bounty to forward-thinking blockchain projects to further the UN's sustainability goals. Five years ago, the UN adopted the Sustainable Development Goals SDG project, a blueprint of 17 solutions to address global challenges such as poverty, inequality, and environmental degradation. Now, along with IOHK, the organization is looking to lean on blockchain to help kick the solutions into action. Quote, at IOHK, our mantra has always been to create environments where quite brilliance can get loud, and with that in mind, getting involved in this project was no brainer. Was a no brainer, said Charles Hoskinson, CEO of IOHK. The social impact challenge has been issued to attendees of this year's Wyoming Blockchain Stampede, an annual symposium that aims to accelerate the adoption of blockchain by un- by uniting thought leaders, legislators, and innovators under one roof. Quote. We can't wait to see the innovative challenges, submissions, and empower those behind the team to realize their ideas with a view of bringing some game-changing projects into the into fruition, Hawkinson said. Alright, cool. Next news. Written by Scott Cipollina. 
Crypto industry gets a health check in Cambridge report. The third global crypto asset benchmark study, published by the Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance, CCAF, shows that crypto employment growth is slowing down. Some miners are continuing to rely on public subsidies and regulatory standards are mirroring the traditional finance space. This report is the third of its kind with the second global crypto asset benchmarking study taking place in December 2018. Since that date, the industry has undergone significant changes. Now, data has been compiled to create an up-to-date view of the crypto industry that accounts for these changes. Quote, a lot of existing reports are based primarily on on-chain data. To my knowledge, there is no other crypto industry-focused report that does survey-based research on a regular basis. A Pauline Blandin Research Associate at CCAF and co-author of the report told Decrypt. The report has produced a plethora of data-driven findings, including the discovery that crypto miners are becoming environmentally friendly. All right, next news written by Jason Nelson. Diamond Standard tries to make diamonds a liquid commodity via Ethereum. Huh? Diamond Standard, a New York-based startup, is launching a novel way to buy, track, and sell diamonds on the Ethereum blockchain. The company wants to turn diamonds into a liquid commodity, as fungible and easy to trade as any other asset. To that end, on Monday, it's holdings an initial commodity and asset token offering that it hopes will standardize the price of diamonds by literally pegging the gemstone to a physical token that encrypted, trackable, and registered to the blockchain. The company hopes to raise as much as $25 million via the sale of the diamond stud studded tokens. Each token will be sold for $5,000 during the offering. Ooh, okay, here's an image of it. Here's a token, it's a liberty token, a gold liberty token with um, diamonds, a bunch of diamonds. Nice, really cool. All right. Next news, written by Sharyuwa Malwa. Delphi Digital buys 5 Ethereum NFTs for $162,000. Delphi Digital, a cryptocurrency research and consulting firm, purchased 5 Ethereum non-fungible tokens for over $162,000 on the blockchain game Xie Infinity yesterday. It marked one of the most expensive NFT purchases ever. Axie Infinity is a digital pet game that allows users to virtually train, raise, battle, and even breed with other fantasy creatures called Axies. Every such Axie has a unique genetic makeup, which in turn changes their in-game value. And for De Delphi Digital, Axies mean business. In periodic purchases on Thursday, the firm picked up five such Axies NFTs like a 3 Mystic Reptile Venom and other for the amount ranging from 69.9 Ether to 150 Ether. But why pick up digital creatures for hundreds of thousands of dollars anyways? As the game increases, quote, as the game increases in popularity, the value of these NFTs can also rise given the rarity and utility. Medio DeMarco, co-founder of Delphi Digital Toad Decrypt. He added, as three, four mystics, they're the rarest, most scarce axes in the game in the future. They're, they're the only axes that can evolve into legendaries. They can also be used to generate a yield from, ba from battling and breeding them. Oh, that's cool. Pretty cool. Next news written by Liam Frost. Gemini adds Uniswaps, Uni, and 14 other DeFi tokens. Okay, okay. 
American crypto exchange Gemini has announced the addition of 15 new decentralized finance tokens today, including DeFi darlings such as Uniswap and Yarn Finance. Starting today, Balancer, Curve, Ren Network, Synthetics Network, UMA, Uniswap, and Yarn Finance will be supported for both trading and custody on Gemini, according to the announcement. With these new tokens additions, we, we now offer trading and custody support for a total of 24 crypto custody supports for another 10 cryptos, said Gemini. As Decrypt reported, Ethereum-based decentralized exchange Uniswap has launched its governance token Uni just over a week ago, and it already became one of the most widely distributed tokens in DeFi. Just a day after its launch, Ethereum locked in Uniswap surged to $1.6 billion. In its turn, Wi-Fi, the governance token for yield farming protocol Urine Finance, has recently peaked at $38,682, reaching almost four times the price of Bitcoin, and nearly doubling Bitcoin's all-time high of roughly $20,000. <clears throat> Another five tokens that were previously supported only for Gemini custody are now available for trading. Decentraland, Kyber Network, Maker, Storage, and ZeroX. <clears throat> Finally, the exchange added three entirely new DeFi tokens, Keep Network, Wrapped Bitcoin, and TBTC to its custody service, but not for trading. However, there are concerns with supporting DeFi assets, crypto exchange Binance, makes it clear to users that any tokens they trade may lose 50% or more of their value. But clearly, crypto exchanges think it's worth the risk. Alright, Gemini. Gemini expanding. Okay, finally. Next news, written by Andrew Hayward. Twitter CEO explains how Bitcoin blockchain will revamp its business. Last December, Twitter CEO and co-founder Jack Dorsey tweeted that the company would start a new initiative called Blue Sky with the intention of creating a decentralized standard for social media, Twitter included. There haven't been a lot of concrete details since then, but Dorsey, the noted Bitcoin enthusiast, broke down the social media giant's plan in a video's interview during the Human Rights Foundation, All Souls Freedom Forum, stream today. The news was first reported by Coindesk. In short, Blue Sky is separate from, Twitter's, from Twitter. It's about more than just Twitter, and it's still very early days. Quote, this is a completely separate nonprofit from Twitter, he explained. This group will be tasked with building a protocol that we can use, but everyone else. Wait, hold on. This group will be tasked with building a protocol that we can use, but everyone else can use. And then we'll really focus on becoming a client of it so that we can build a compelling service and business on top of a much larger corpus of conversation that anyone can access and anyone can contribute to. All right. Interesting. All right. Next news written by Alexander Behrens. Ethereum's, Ethereum's users now have more than $10 billion at play in DeFi. The decentralized finance sector within the cryptocurrency industry has been on fire in 2020, and today, DeFi has broken through another major threshold. DeFi users have now locked more than $10 billion in digital assets, including cryptocurrencies such as Ethereum and dollar-pegged stablecoins, into DeFi applications. According to data aggregator DeFi Pulse, this figure stood at just above $1 billion a mere three months ago. Nearly all of that $10 billion total is in Ethereum, and more than half comes from just three protocols. As the biggest names in DeFi begins to capture outside market shares and attention while battling away copycat projects in a rapid expanding marketplace, 
metric site DeFi Pulse gathers data from different DeFi protocols through blockchain analysts to determine the value of all assets deposited by users, known as total value locked. The metric is widely used as a way to measure the crypto popularity of DeFi products in the market among users. Alright, next news written by The Defiant. Maker votes to not compensate Black Thursday victims. Maker votes to not compensate Black Thursday victims. Maker DAO traders who had their collateral wiped out during DeFi's so-called Black Thursday received bad news from the protocol's decentralized court this week. They won't be getting a penny or way back. Their only hope now lies in traditional centralized courts. On March 12th, DeFi experienced its worst day on record as price tanked by more than 50%. Amidst the crash, pro- crash, projects offering leverage were hit the hardest. In particular, MakerDAO and its vault owners using ETH as collateral to mint DAI were wiped out with mass liquidations as collateral ratios quickly dropped below the 150% minimum threshold. 100% losses. Instead of the collateral being liquidated for 13% haircut, the system resulted in a shortage of keepers or actors who purchased collateral at a discount to collateralize, collateralize the system, which allowed one actor to purchase $6 million worth of ETH for just one die. In the wake of this event, hundreds of vault owners lost 100% of their collateral, leaving the system with $2.5 million in bad debt. Maker quickly recovered by hosting a series of auctions where the, where new Maker was minted and sold for die to re, recapitalize the system. Since Black Thursday, a few victims have been working on a class action lawsuit to compensate those affected by faulty keeper auctions. On Tuesday, the hopes of those pleas to be resolved through decentralized governance came to a close with less than ideal outcomes. While a discussion with the Maker Foundation is still ongoing, Maker holders will not be reimbursing losses through newly minted tokens. <clears throat> okay, next news written by Robert Stevens. A record $1.2 billion in Bitcoin has now moved to Ethereum. The amount of Bitcoin converted into Ethereum-based ERC-20 tokens has hit $1.2 billion per data from Dune Analytics. This means that 0.5% of all Bitcoin's market cap has been ported over to Ethereum's blockchain, also equivalent to 3% of Ethereum's market cap. This is the most Bitcoin that's moved over to Ethereum blockchain to date. Just weeks ago, the figure was less than half of what it is today, sitting at just over $500 million. The Bitcoin blockchain is incompatible with Ethereum blockchain, but it's possible to stake Bitcoin in certain protocols to receive synthetic Ethereum-based Bitcoin. These are ERC-20 tokens, the generic token standard on Ethereum, that represent Bitcoin. Popular options included WBTC, RenBTC, and the newly launched TBTC. Some such as WBTC are custodial, meaning that you give your Bitcoin to a company and they will give you WBTC, also known as wrapped Bitcoin in return. Others such as TBTC are non-custodial, meaning that you give your Bitcoin to a protocol and the code, not the company, issues you with TBTC. Alright. Next news, written by Jose Antonio Lance. No net, no internet, no problem. Venezuela gets a Bitcoin satellite node. What? Venezuela has its first Bitcoin satellite node capable of processing transactions without an internet connection. The Venezuelan space node was set up in the country by Annabel Garrido, 
and Annabelle crypto team. It uses technology from Blockstream, which contracts satellites in this case. Uh, what is it? EUTELSAT-113 to broadcast data between points via offline connections. That's huge in a country where internet infrastructure is lacking. The idea came from Crypto Buyer, a Latin American startup focused on offering cryptocurrency-based payment solutions. Quote, we started in Venezuela because of the obvious con- connectivity problems and crypto buyers is always looking for a way to be resilient to these kinds of problems by anticipating any possibility contingency, CEO George Farias told Decrypt. The node on the ground receives a data packet via satellite directly from the connections provided by the blockstream, Anibal Garrido explained to Decrypt. Garrido added that he hopes to expand access by deploying something akin to a mesh network that can broadcast data between various devices. The node antenna deployed in Valencia is the first of three. The other two will be deployed in the capital city, Caracas and Puerto Ordaz. Crypto buyers choose Valencia because it is an industrialized city but doesn't have many tall buildings that could block the signal. This would be the first stage of an ambitious project that could help increase Bitcoin's usability in the countries with below average technology infrastructure. Internet speeds in Venezuela are some of the slowest in on the continent. Electricity service has also been known to fail, leaving large chunks of the countries without power. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man. That's revolutionary. Big applaud. Next news written by Jose Antonio Lance. Bitcoin stocks end day in the green, but the week was red. Though Wall Street closed with a profit on Friday, the Dow Jones ended trading today with a fourth straight weekly red candle. Bitcoin mirrored the stock market also had a rough week after 15 days of recovery. The U.S. stock market's main index, the Dow Jones, rose 1.34% after a rebound led by big tech companies, which allowed the market to recover part of this month's massive sell-off. At the end of the trading session on the New York Stock Exchange, the Dow Jones rose 358.52 points to 27,173.96, driven by large listed companies such as Boeing, Apple, United Health, and Microsoft. The S&P 500 closed with positive numbers too. Okay, these, I, I don't, I don't want to read all these numbers. Okay, next news. <clears throat> next news written by Jeff Benson. Cryptocurrency exchange Qcoin hacked. 150 million dollars moved. Qcoin, which touts itself as the most advanced and secure cryptocurrency exchange to buy and sell Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Tron, USDT, NEO, XRP, KCS, and more, has been hacked and $150 million in funds may be gone. The company confirmed that late on September 25th, Bitcoin, ERC20 ERC20 and other tokens in Qcoin's hot wallet were transferred out of the exchange. It maintains that while its hot wallets were hit, its cold wallets are safe. Moreover, it claimed in in the announcement, quote, if any user funds is affected by this incident, it will be covered completely by Qcoin and our insurance and, and our insurance fund <clears throat> the trouble started when users started complaining about withdrawal issues initially qcoin's admin team seemed to maintain 
that it was experiencing a system issue. At least one admin message on Qcoin's Telegram channel indicated that users should not withdraw or deposit funds given the situation. It claimed that transactions are simply pending. It then became apparent that about $150 million worth of tokens had been moved to a different address. The address received transactions of 11,484 Ether worth roughly $4 million plus $146 million in transactions of other tokens. Many are little known such as Gladius, Chroma, Ocean Token, and Hawala. But there were also Maker, OMG, and Wi-Fi tokens in the mix. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Okay, next news. Written by Jeff Benson. By the numbers, crypt new crypto bill face stiff odds to become law. What? People seldom hear about legislation addressing cryptocurrency or blockchain technology for a very good reason. That type of legislation seldom goes very far in the U.S. Congress. Yesterday, however, two such bills were introduced side by side with some fanfare. The, di <clears throat> the Digital Commodity Exchange Act and the Securities Clarity Act. The bill drew plaudits from the cryptocurrency advocates looking for regulatory guidance. That doesn't mean, however, that they will become law. What are these bills? The Digital Commodity Exchange Act, proposed by Texas Representative K. Michael Conaway, creates a national regulatory framework for cryptocurrency exchanges to opt into, overseen by the Commodities Future Trading Commission. In a press release, Coin Center Executive Director Jerry Brito praised the bill, quote, and saying, investors and entrepreneurs get greater clarity and more regulatory options while investors benefit from increased supervision of markets. Okay. The second bill, the Securities Clarity Act, put forth by Minnesota Representative Tom Emmer, would, would separate investment contracts from the resultant tokens, providing some regulatory clarity to digital currencies creators about whether their products are securities. Brito called it the smartest approach we have seen to provide clarity about how security laws applies to digital assets. On this point, Shapiro disagreed. Quote, it misunderstands and obfuscate existing security laws by assuming that the only time the security laws are relevant to token trading is when tokens are pre-sold pursuant to a SAFT, he said. It is essentially an attempt to bail out the failed SAFT model of tokens financing after it had been proven in federal court to be premised on a total misunderstanding of the security laws. <clears throat> And it goes down to a bunch of numbers. Okay. Friends in high places. But every year, some bills eventually do run the gauntlet and are elevated into law. Though these two bills are at the beginning of the starting process, they certainly have a shot, provided they have some support in Congress. The DCEA has the support of at least six members of Congress. The bill, sponsored by Texas Republican Mike Conaway, was co-sponsored by Representative Emmer, Dustin Johnson, David David Schwickert, Austin Scott, and Darren Soto. Conaway is the ranking member of the, of the House Agriculture Committee, meaning he's the top Republican there. It's good to be on top, but it's less good to be the Republican in, each, in, in a Democrat-controlled House of Representatives. Each committee and subcommittee is chaired by Democrat, and the party maintains a majority in each. In other words, the Democrats have control over the agenda. All right, let's see, next news, written by, oh no, that's all the news we have. 
I thought there was at least another one in there, but there's not. Okay, Kryptonauts. So with that said, guess what? Celsius Network is now like my number one biggest referral. I love it. I love it. I love it. Why? Because now you can buy crypto within the app itself. Not only that, there's actually an, uh, there's going to be an upgrade coming coming up pretty soon in the next few weeks that uh, you can actually swap tokens within the within the app itself. So not only can you buy, you can purchase crypto with your fiat. You can also earn interest on those cryptos. You can earn interest. You can earn crypto on crypto. And on top of that, you can exchange tokens for other tokens within the app. It's like an all-in-one inclusive app for everything. It's amazing. It's amazing. Check it out. So um, that, that's good. that's my number one referral right there. I love it. Celsius Network, amazing. Um, they're not kicking back anything. This is not like a sponsor thing. They, they don't even know that I'm saying this. Uh, but I love Celsius. It's awesome. Um, I highly recommend it. So with that said, Kryptonauts, I'll catch you all on the next one. Ah, <laughs> Adios. Adios.